Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This is a Lip Media Podcast. Sodomites, and welcome to the Sinister Sissies Podcast, your guide to true crime, horror, and everything man-on-man and macabre. I'm Jared, your master of depravity, and I'm here with my filthy little slave, Sam Hamilton. How are you doing in lockdown, Sam? Good evening, everybody. Look, my lockdown is uh, satisfactory, a bit to be desired, but um, what I am grateful for is the very respectful relationship that I have with my master, Jared, because today we're talking about some seriously not okay... Uh, Dom subtype stuff. Yes, we're we're dealing with a topic that is uh, it's a bit sensitive. It's to do with a fairly recent death, the death of Jack Chapman, also known as Pup Tank, who died on the fifteenth of October in twenty eighteen at just twenty eight years old. Chapman died as a result of modifying his body with silicon injections to the scrotum as part of this kind of pup play scene that he was in in Seattle. Now, this is a victim who has died recently and there is a lot of commentary surrounding his death. So we are going to be a bit more sensitive in this podcast, maybe a little less light than normal. Well, I, I, I don't know if you found this, Sam, but just researching Chapman's death has just shown me the worst side of media ever. Like... The reactions that have come about as a result of his death have just been ridiculous. They've either been this really juvenile, like, look at this weird thing that happened type reaction, where I'm like, a guy fucking died. Yeah. Like, you you don't have that that reaction to that. Yeah, this isn't like tabloid gossip, although he was a minor celebrity. Or I've seen even some weird things from what I'm assuming people who describe themselves as quite progressive who have looked at this death and then have said, 
oh, don't don't be judgmental at all. Don't kink shame. You know, everything was fine here. And like that to me is an equally problematic way of looking at this case. Uh, yeah, there's not really any way to beat around it not being somewhat abusive, you know. We're going to be careful in the sense that uh, we don't actually know all the facts in relation to this case. We, we you know, we're relying on secondary information. There is an upcoming court case, which I think is going to clarify some of the issues that we raise. But rest assured, the Chapman story is not a simple one. And if you have heard of this story and you either thought oh, this was clearly fucked up and mentally unwell and all that sort of stuff, I think that you're incorrect. Similarly, if you thought that this was perfectly fine and that there was nothing going on that, that raised some questions, I think that's an equally incorrect position. But before we get to Chapman's story, though, I thought, like, we might do a bit of Kink 101. I might test your brain, Sam. Okay, Master. Sounds uh, <laughs> sounds kinky. <laughs> you sound terrified. Well, look, my 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 kink vice is kind of strictly to threesomes and foursomes. I haven't I haven't explored very much, so I'm ready to be educated. You're ready to be educated. Okay. Well, okay. If I was to talk about BDSM, you would have a rough idea of what I was talking about. That there, so it encompasses like a whole bunch of different things. So you've got like bondage stuff where people are restrained. Um, you've got discipline stuff where people are kind of spanked or told off or controlled in some way. And you've also got that kind of sadomasochism thing where people are playing with pain. Yeah, I guess I have, I have dabbled lightly in all these things. Yeah, you're, yeah, right. I, you're a bit of a kinky boy. Um, probably not as kinky as me. I mean, I want to be, I'm, I'm up <laughs> for it. Definitely not as kinky as you. Like you have like a bloody torture cupboard. I have a, <laughs> yeah, I do have a torture cupboard. There's a lot of things going on here. I think kink can encompass so many different things that I don't think we should really generalize. It can encompass things like, uh, like humiliation stuff or like bodily fluid stuff. Like lots of things can come under the umbrella of kink. One thing that I do want to focus on though, is people that are really attracted to sex and relationships that involve some degree of power imbalance. So this kind of dominant submissive type of power imbalance. Now, Sam, do you know what pup play is? My understanding is that it involves one person in a very strong degree of power who's sort of like the master figure, and the pup is sort of like their toy almost, or their... It's like an authoritative relationship that they have over the other person. Like, my vanilla understanding. It's an extension of that dub-sub, like, dominant, submissive relationship, but you've moved into a thing where you've kind of got like a handler pup dynamic and in the world of kink of the problematic uh, potentially problematic fantasies that you have handler pup is like the least problematic of the things and this is this is like not insignificant in the gay scene amongst like gay and bisexual men i don't know have you seen the pups around i have seen the pups around i, I saw them at um i saw some pup action i think at um I went to a kink festival in February. When you look at surveys of like fantasies to do with power play or or pain and all these other things, like a large percentage of the population are into this stuff. Like I I wouldn't even think that it's that it's fair to call this sort of stuff abnormal. I think people that actively practice it are probably in the minority, but in terms of people that have these types of fantasies, I think it's it's 
like at least a third of the population had these fantasies. Yeah, well, however they're explored, you know, I mean, you might not directly participate in a relationship, but like things that people like to read or watch that kind of showcase these kinds of dynamics, they're definitely not uncommon. These fantasies are really common. And I also just want to normalize that like, um, although to an outside observer, having a dominant and a submissive can seem like a recipe for abuse, that's not the primary motivation of why people are involved in these things. People are involved in these things because either it like it involves transgressing taboos and they have like really good sex as a result of it, or even it's like an escape from everyday life. A healthy detachment. You can consciously make a decision to put yourself at risk for the sake of some sort of expression, whether it's body modification or you know, S&M or anything like that. Like, I, I, I want to 100% say that adults should be able to do that. Um, but they should be in the right mindset when they do that. And this case just, just just screams a whole bunch of red flags of people acting childishly. I'm not saying that they're criminally or legally responsible, but they definitely acted childishly. The final point that I want to make is that this BDSM... Uh, relationships and practices and things like that are not fucking therapy. So if you have a mental health issue, don't use these things to treat yourself. Go see a mental health professional because I think that that's also a factor that underpins a lot of this story is that people have a lot of maybe body dysmorphic things going on or other mental health issues going on and they think that they can solve it through BDSM. It should be about expression and it should be about pleasure. It should not be about therapy. And now I'm done with my lecturing corner and my rant. Fun Escapism 101, that's the closest we'll get to a Sinister Sissy's uh, PSA. <laughs> but let, let's let's focus specifically on the, the life of um, Jack Chapman. Uh, Chapman was born uh, where we're from. So he was born in Melbourne, Australia. He became fascinated in the blog of San Francisco-based Dylan Ray uh, Haffertipen. And now I keep mispronouncing his name, so I'm just going to call him what his subs called him, which was Master Dylan. So Master Dylan uh, had a, a degree of fame in the uh, San Francisco S&M scene, in particular the kind of pup play scene. He uh, frequently posted pictures of him and his pups uh, and also ran a blog and a newsletter under the name Noodles and Beef. I don't know what the implications with noodles and beef is it's not the most sexy name in the world there are a lot of fan blogs and like worship blogs and investigative blogs so surely there's an answer out there somewhere someone explain this to us it's going over our head he was very well known so master dylan had a, a husband um but also a series of other partners and they all kind of looked like him these were all kind of really big buff gay guys um who were really burly and they would Often they were heavily involved in social media, which is another dynamic to this that I think is very interesting, that all these guys were focused on getting as big and big as possible. And some of them started to do this silicon injecting type stuff, which I'll explain a little bit later. And it was partially done for Master Dylan, but it was also done for the, this fan base 
that they had that Master Dylan had developed over time. Yeah, well, part of the aesthetic wasn't just to be like like really big and thick, like physically. It was also, you know, for the scrotal area to to match. Yeah, it was this this engorgement type stuff, which is an interesting form of body modification. Uh, but as we'll see, it comes with some risks. Chapman met or first spoke to Master Dylan on OK Cupid, and they began an online relationship. Remember OkCupid? Okay OkCupid okay is just not the place I would have expected these two to meet. It was when I read that I actually wondered if it was true. <laughs> I know. I was like a fet life or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, just the fact that like both of them already were sort of somewhat like media personalities within their community. I'm surprised that, you know, it took like a really like white bread dating site for them to cross paths. Also, I don't know how you batch on OkCupid with someone overseas, but anyway. Very specific requests. Enlarged testicle tick. Uh, In 2011, Chapman visited San Francisco for five days. I believe it was during February and like a Valentine's Day weekend where he got to experience the pup play subculture firsthand for the first time and realized that was really for him. And that's when he met Master Dylan and decided that he wanted to be part of uh, this kind of polyamorous group that Master Dylan had set up uh, for him and his pups. When Chapman returned to Australia, uh, Master Dylan sent him a pup contract for the two of them. And Sam, I was wondering, since you are my little slave, whether or not you wanted to read the pup contract. Oh, it'd be my pleasure, Master. <laughs> so the contract reads as follows. Master has explicit body goals for his pup regarding their weight, their muscle mass, their measurements, and their proportions. The pup will make all efforts possible to ensure these goals are realized and should never feel satisfied until his master is satisfied. There is always additional room for a pup to push their physical limits. Additionally, a pup will submit to all orders of body modification, including piercings, tattoos, scrotal saline inflation, as well as body growth supplements, including steroids and HGH, in accordance with the wishes of the master. Master's word is law and must be trusted and obeyed. In an ideal mindset and subspace, master's word should override a pup's internal reality and should be accepted as absolute truth. A pup's social world is his master. Over the duration of his service, it is expected that social connections outside of one's master fall away until the pup is completely socially and emotionally dependent upon his master, finding contact with other people pointless, unfruitful, and unfulfilling. So, you know, it's it's not exactly a contract I'd be jumping up and down for. So I've seen some uh, criticism uh, of people who have looked at this contract and they've been like, well, that's just inherently abusive. All of these things that are happening there is inherently abusive and coercive. I don't know. Like part of me kind of thinks this is like an exaggeration. I mean, if I wasn't aware of the context of like the situation and how it played out, I would probably think the same thing that it was sort of all part of like the game. At times it sounds like it was very much reality from what some people who knew the couple, you know, have since come out with. Like, it is worded in a way that it seems like it's part of a fantasy. At least that was my reading. Question marks are definitely there. 
It's interesting to note, um, so Chapman died as a result of silicon injections into his scrotum. So if you look at the body modifications that are requested, it's piercings, tattoos, scrotal saline inflation, which is a lower risk procedure for people who want to have that inflation. It's like a salt fluid or a saline fluid, which your body readily reabsorbs um, and, and people... People don't like it because it goes away because your body reabsorbs it. But that is a slightly, like all of this shit is very high risk, but that is a slightly lesser risky procedure. Problematic shit, of course, is the kind of um, steroids and human growth hormone suggestions. Well, and you will not have any friends. Yeah, and the the, the removal from socialization side of things. So I, I, I know people have seized on this as as criticism. And yeah, if this, if this, was the absolute reality i would agree that that's really uh problematic but if this is a document which is kind of meant to be taken as a slightly fantastical one i don't know i don't it, it depends on how both of them kind of mutually understood what this was there's a lot of exaggeration and i think a lot of hyperbole in it um but it, it raises the 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 kind of early signs of what other people have said about this, which is he's asking him to modify his body and um, the master is also asking him to withdraw from friends. Soon after they entered into this contract, Chapman left Australia and moved to uh, moved in with Master Dylan, who at this point was in Seattle. He also at this point changed his name from Jack Chapman to pup tank Hafferton. so he changed first of all his, his first name to his kind of pup name and his last name to dylan's which again i think if you're looking at this kind of coercive control stuff or like intimate partner violence stuff that may be slightly of a red flag all the other pups that that master dylan had though also did this change like it was kind of part of the initiation in the contract in the contract yeah so who is Master Dylan? So as I said, he was a kind of minor celebrity on the kink scene. He seemed to have developed his reputation as a result of getting really big. So if you see photos of him, he's like a huge guy. The Stranger actually noted that in early blog posts by Master Dylan, he was very open about the fact that he had significant body dysmorphia and that he had always viewed himself as kind of skinny and underdeveloped and small. And so he was very motivated to take steroids and involve himself in certain kind of silicon and saline injections of his scrotum to kind of get bigger and bigger. Like there was a, there very much a, a wish to be as large as possible and to transform his body. Well, he was also in a documentary, right, as well about people who are like obsessed with becoming big. Yeah, they call it like bigrexia. Yeah, bigrexia or this kind of, uh, yeah, this obsession of putting on as much muscle mass as possible and getting bigger and bigger. It's actually in interesting, though, that he acknowledges from, he acknowledges in that documentary that he does, did have like a really poor, like sense of body image and self-esteem that he hated the way that he looked. Yeah, and this is this problematic thing with body modification because, again, I think that people should be able to do whatever they want with their body. But I think there's a difference between, you know, like guys I know that are covered in tattoos and split their tongue and, like, insert horns in their heads and do all that sort of stuff. 
they're doing that for expression like the 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 way that they approach that kind of body modification is you know it's slightly about like freaking people out and it's slightly about like it's 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 about a dynamic of expressing who they are as opposed to i feel like shit and i need to change myself which i associate more with plastic surgery but i don't know where the line is to be honest like what's the line between self-expression and self-hatred and i need to change you know i think that's the tough thing you know there's not a definitive line like no one's ever a hundred percent happy with their body and they work out we all do things to change things about a body that we don't like and at the threshold upon which this gets problematic is sometimes weird to draw you know in this case he has admitted to using steroids and he has admitted to using kind of injections so whether or not you want to say that's the point where we say actually that's not healthy i don't know i'm, I'm slapping up it's complicated on this <laughs> I suppose it just gets concerning when it starts to go into like you know life-threatening territory which i guess some of this stuff in this particular case i guess injecting silicone into your testicles and and it becomes complicated when you do hear those statements like master dylan was saying that he like you know like hated the way he looked and stuff like that so yeah does it come from like a really dark place is that idea of am i taking a risk for my own self-expression or am i self-harming there is that thing of uh gay men often fear being non-muscular because it's associated with being kind of effeminate and they want to sexualize being masculine and then so therefore they get big but i mean is that pathological or is that just the nature of being gay when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at blue you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online choose your diamond and setting when you found the one you'll get it delivered right to your door Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. We're asking a lot of big questions but not answering any of them on this podcast. We need to start like a Sinister Sissy's like message board or maybe a support group at this point. Let us know what you think of this because I actually don't know what I think. Master Dylan got a reputation for growing his body and modifying his body online. And he also had a number of pups that he would uh, act as the dominant towards. And that, you know, spurred his online following further. He had his pups wear padlock chains around their neck um, as a symbol of ownership over them. I didn't actually know that that was what the padlock sort of represented. I've been wearing a padlock as a fashion statement for about six months now. Who is your master? You, obviously. Even on Saturday, even on Saturday I was Who's wearing your handler? One. I was just like, yeah, put it on my padlock. <laughs> <laughs> You're a free-range pup. You don't need a handler. Um, many of his pups also had uh, matching tattoos of Master Dylan's astrological sign gaze um <laughs> he was a taurus i don't know what that means because it's all bullshit you fucking idiots that's anyway. all i know <laughs> some of the pups also had tattoos on their back that read uh property of master dylan well because didn't you have to earn that second part like didn't you so you got the star sign tattoo and then you would get the next bit like when you sort of earned your place 
Or was it the other way around? I think the astrology sign came about later. I think the property of Master Dylan seems like it's just some of them. Again, a lot of critics point to this as being indicative of abuse, but then part of me is always kind of thinking, like, is this all part of the fun? Like, is this all part of the enjoyment that they have serving him? Master Dylan's Instagram amassed uh, over 60,000 followers, and his weekly newsletter had more than 200,000 subscribers. His website had uh, 2.2 million readers. So he got much better stats than our podcast is doing. (laughs) Uh, Please support us on Patreon. So Chapman at first in his uh, relationship with Master Dylan uh, seemed to be happy. He seemed to be enjoying at least or at least uh, experiencing this dynamic in a way that he found pleasurable, although he was a little bit more um, withdrawn. Some people did point out that there was this weird Tumblr post that was put up. Yeah, it was accompanied by a photo too, which I saw and yeah, didn't look too happy. I will say as well, Jack actually had a really infectious smile, I noticed. Like in a lot of photos, he actually looks... Like he made me want to smile when I saw him smiling. So this this next photo did not have that effect i'm so accompanied by this photo he wrote i am shit i am a shit person i do horrible and inexcusable things i'm dishonest i'm deceitful i am a coward i'm stupid i hurt my master i don't deserve love i don't deserve forgiveness i only deserve to suffer and so that that post that like that that really like him photo of him crying and upset and this 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 really heavy language was because he got into a hot tub with a friend without asking master dylan's permission first um and dylan responded essentially making him feel like shit more yeah well dylan commented on the post as well like further sort of yeah solidifying that he'd really done the wrong thing he'd really overstepped the line and this is another thing where people point to when they say, okay, well, this seems different. This doesn't seem like a dom-sub relationship. This seems abusive. And I, I kind of get this as well. But then the fact that it's on Tumblr and they're both commenting, I don't know, people cultivate this submissive persona, right? Jack has moved across the world to be this man. He probably doesn't have any social connections that don't involve Master Dylan. So I I could see it being a legitimate cry for help. But yeah, also, we don't know how much it plays into... or it played into, like, you know, the dynamic of their relationship. And if if this was almost a game, we don't know. That's, That's where it gets tough. It was soon after this post that Chapman like all of the other pups um, that served Master Dylan, began to do this the, these injections with um, silicone into their genitals. Those balls were massive, though. Those balls, I, uh, it didn't turn me on, but I was definitely, I was perplexed. My eyes were just, I couldn't stop looking. I've seen a lot of photos. It, so you can, you can do it on your balls and you can also do it on, like, the shaft of your dick and so that enlarges as well so you can enlarge the whole thing i think the satisfaction i've heard the satisfaction is at least partly that it like you have a sense of heaviness there and it slaps around um but these obviously injecting silicon into your genitals impacts how they function 
um, in various ways. And it impacts your ability to have sex. It impacts your ability to have like sexual enjoyment if you overdo it. Um, and so it it's there's something going on there that I think it is tied to a psychology that I don't quite understand about this whole idea about getting big, I think. Because there were so many posts that were like worshipping like these giant balls and his giant body. There was a big following that just like kept on demanding him to get bigger and bigger and saying how much they loved it. This adds another complicating factor into the narrative of Master Dylan being the one that's responsible for Chapman engaging in this practice. Because I don't think it was just Master Dylan playing that role here. Clearly, this huge social media following of people eroticizing their bodies as they changed must have made them feel good, right? Yeah. Like, it. that's obviously... Master definitely pushed, but there were other people behind as well, you know? Yeah, and also, like, I'm, I'm assuming Chapman got a sense of gratification himself from the whole thing. So that that's an interesting kind of dynamic... He got injections done by all we know is some guy in Sacramento. Uh, Chapman on his Tumblr refused to post details. And I think this is important. He said, uh, I will not refer any readers to any resources detailing this information. If you seek to pursue it, you're doing so at your own risk. So that came from Chapman. He seemed to be aware of some risks associated with it. One of the the main ones, of course, is that silicon, unlike saline, isn't reabsorbed into the body naturally. It kind of hangs around there. And if it gets into your circulatory system, then it has a risk of, of causing some sort of embolism. That's how one of their friends died, right? Yeah. So before Chapman's death, somebody that was known to master dylan it's not known if he was known to chapman himself a guy named peter dovak who was 30 years old actually died of a pulmonary embolism related to silicon injecting and now this is kind of a story that's come out after uh, chapman died dovak contacted master dylan who referred him to this guy named joe quadar who was like an office manager, I think. He had no medical expertise. He just knew how to get medical-grade silicon. Probably not how to inject it. Well, so this Quadar guy injected Dovac three times, and on the fourth time, he nicked Dovac's vein, um, and he ended up pumping liquid silicon into Dovac's bloodstream, which travelled to his lungs caused an embolism, and then Dovac died soon after. Uh, Master Dylan reacted to this and actually posted in his newsletter that free silicone is a very dangerous thing to have in your body. The risk is extremely high, and a misplaced injection almost always results in death. So Master Dylan, this is in 2017, was warning his followers about injecting silicon. There was a police investigation against Quadar, um, but he committed suicide before he could be brought, brought to trial. But yeah, allegedly after this happened, Master Dylan forbid Jack from getting any more silicone enhancements and said that, yeah, he didn't want him to go down that path anymore. But yeah, it's hard for us to know, obviously, if that's true, but that's what he said. Master Dylan, at least publicly, was warning followers against silicon injections. I wonder if he was worried about liability for himself at this point, although he wasn't directly involved in injecting I mean, it's on the record that he referred him to Quater. Yeah, and I mean, he was obviously, him and his circles 
that he surrounded himself with for obviously like you know glamorizing this movement mm. like all questionably toxic relationships this one did end with an initial breakup on uh the 7th of december 2016 tom chapman messaged a friend on facebook indicating that he was kind of done with the relationship on the 7th of december 2016 chapman messaged one of his friends on facebook kind of indicating he was done with the relationship he said keep it to yourself but for my own sake, I need to develop an exit strategy for myself. It's a little scary because I don't have a lot of savings or know too many people. So he did end up leaving a couple of months later in March while uh, Master Dylan was on a trip to Japan. He left at 11pm at night, which I just thought was an interesting note. Like Maybe the flight was at 11, so he knew he was safe from then on. I don't know. Well, I mean, well, this is what I'm talking about. Like, the sense of safety, like... When you're breaking up with someone in a regular relationship, I don't know if you wait until they're out of time, out of town, and then flee at 11 p.m. Yes, probably not. And then there's this really like sort of triumphant video of his friend using like bolt cutters and cutting off his padlock necklace, and he, yeah, he does seem quite ge- genuinely happy and free after this. Yeah, they went to like a hardware store and cut off the collar. Master Dylan, at least publicly appeared to take it well in his noodles and beef newsletter he put up a photo of chapman and said thank you for everything tank i hope only for your happiness and success which i don't know if his pr or whether or not he did have kind of genuine feelings at that point that he he was happy for that to go i mean this guy has a lot of boyfriends (laughs) like i don't know how much he's invested in the individual ones all we know is in april 26th on April 26, 2017, Chapman's friend Tanner Gittins messaged him on Facebook, kind of asking what had gone down between him and Master Dylan. Chapman said that he'd reached the limit of what he could take. He was being emotionally abusive, making me feel awful constantly. There wasn't enough room for me to have my own friends, my own interests, my own ambitions in the relationship, which kind of fits with the contract that, you know, Jack Chapman had to sign upon officially entering into this relationship with Master Dylan. He uses the term emotionally abusive in this message, but then the the other parts of it seem to indicate what I would characterize as kind of normal relationship feelings of like, well, he didn't have enough time for me. I wanted to do my own thing. And so again, lots of people have, have seized on this message as indic- indicative that Master Dylan was inherently abusive, but I think it's worth pointing out that there's probably multiple ways that people can use the term emotionally abusive without it being this really intense thing. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, he'd reached his, you know, breaking point or limit in that relationship, whatever had actually transpired. After they broke up, they ended up getting into a financial dispute. This communication ended up with them getting back together. And then that communication led to Chapman returning to Master Dylan as part of the relationship. But then soon after he returned, Chapman blocked all of his friends on social media which set off alarm bells for people, I think. I mean, the narrative that I heard that he initially blocked everyone and then he kind of unblocked people as he was going along. But again, odd behaviour there. Yeah, and then Chapman sent out a message in November. Everything that I said was more than just spite. There were malicious lies with the intention of damaging both him and his reputation. Mark Dillon has not done anything wrong except making the mistake of trusting me. 
And for that, I am sorry to both you and him. So he posted this in a message to one of his friends and the friend said, oh, okay, I, I didn't want to, you know, think anything bad about your boyfriend. And Chapman's response to it was a bit strange. He said, it's, it's not okay. What I did was a horrible thing. Again, difficult to understand the full context of these things. We didn't know their, their full relationship. Yeah, but there was, in Master Dylan's newsletter, he kind of, put out a bit of a scathing review of Jack Chapman's behavior. He'd said that he's that Jack had spent much of the breakup spreading hopeful gossip about him and that he was afraid that he was still doing it. And that that message had this weird thing where um Master Dylan had like a 10-point scale and he was like and I'm going to rate on this scale how much I trust Chapman. We well, said tank, but Chapman and he said that he would rate him no higher than three in terms of trust. Now, this is after they've reconciled. I guess it's that kind of you got to earn your place back type thing, you know. So even Chapman's friends, when interviewed afterwards about all this stuff, said that they didn't know how to take all of this. Like, they didn't know where the submissive theatre ended and what, could be considered kind of more problematic signs of abuse. Three weeks prior to his death, Chapman signed over all of his belongings to Master Dylan in his will. Now, Chapman himself wasn't very financially secure. In fact, he was like borderline homeless at many points. Um, However, Chapman had just received $200,000 from his father that had died. Ultimately, Chapman died on the 15th of October 2018. He was initially hospitalized because of pneumonia in his lungs and that led to uh, hemorrhaging on his lungs but the the ultimate cause of death was what they termed silicon embolism syndrome. Subcutaneously injected silicon into his testicles had led to silicon getting into his circulatory system, which impacted his lungs, which ended up killing him due to uh, hemorrhaging uh, in the lungs. Now, the early reports of his death were reacted to really strangely by Master Dylan. He seemed to deny it and act like it was just a rumour until eventually it was it was fully confirmed. I think because uh, Chapman's employer at the time sent around a message to co-workers informing them of, of the death. But I think he even went as far as to say, like, you know, guys, like, stop spreading these rumours, like... Um... Chapman's really upset. Yeah, it's like, um, he's dead. Yeah. I don't know how you thought you'd get away with this. And he knew it. He knew it at that point. Yeah, I don't know what that was about. After uh, Chapman's death, obviously there was a huge amount of media publicity. It's an unusual case. Most of the online presence of Master Dylan has now been taken down. His newsletter has gone down. His website is down. It was replaced. I think it might still be there. It was replaced with a memorial page um, for Chapman. The police were notified of the matter. The police reviewed the medical files and concluded that there wasn't a criminal matter to be pursued at that time. There may be in the future. Um, Chapman's mother, Linda Chapman, who I really feel for because this is, I mean, she, she, the interviews that I've seen with her is that she just seems like a, like a Melbourne mum who this is a completely unusual and horrific experience for her to go through. From her point of view, she viewed the whole thing with Master Dylan as a cult and she holds him 
personally responsible. There was a controversial confrontation between Chapman's mother and Master Dylan on an Australian kind of current affairs show called The Project over this kind of will dispute. Master Dylan initially said that he was willing to give the money to Chapman's younger brother who has autism, but essentially said that he wasn't gonna do it because Chapman's mother was being very like aggressive towards him. This is all displayed on the project. There is claims that the project misrepresented this story and, and Master Dylan did, um, uh, I believe he filed a lawsuit against the project which caused them to pull down that story. So I kind of want to slap a, <laughs> slap a allegedly over all of that. <laughs> From the, ep the footage in the episode, um, he clearly didn't know that there was a program being filmed when he arrived. I was so shocked to see the project did a yeah. story about this. And they talked about it bring, like fairly frankly, you know. Yeah, well, I think, yeah, if you're an international listener, the project's kind of like a very light news story type show, but they obviously got some interest there. I think because, I mean, Linda Chapman is a very sympathetic person and she's gone through a lot. And I think trying to decipher what actually happened uh, was important. I'm not sure I'm entirely on board with how they framed this whole thing as kind of this weird cult situation i feel like that's maybe getting into a territory of not really understanding how these relationships can actually work and, yeah. and not be abusive yeah that that part i understood was the project i was like i'm not going to expect them to be informed and enlightened about diverse sexual relationships or healthy the, the latest development is in late 2019 linda chapman has actually filed a wrongful death suit against master dylan and as far as i'm aware that is still ongoing the facts are still to emerge in relation to this civil suit so i don't want to speculate on it and certainly us describing the story is just to kind of convey what we know about the case which is a limited picture and i wanted to kind of just throw that caution in there we're relying a lot on media reports and i imagine there is going to be a more well-rounded picture to come out of this this lawsuit if it does um, proceed to a full trial. Thank you for listening to the Sinister Sissies podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Sinister Sissies. You can follow me on Twitter at Jared Bartle. That's Jared with a Y. You can follow us on Instagram at Sinister underscore Sissies. And we would be incredibly grateful if you could support us on Patreon. We are planning something special for October for the Halloween season. So if you want to check that out, please sign up to our Patreon. Let's um, get spooky. And until next time, stay sinister. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.